We got all you need, just take a look and watch those fish jump on your hook. Just relax and take your time. Enjoy the show, then drop us a line. Talking fishing, talking fishing. Welcome everyone to Talking Fishing, another big show coming your way this morning. Very good morning to you, Adam Ring, and a little bit of spring weather has been in the air. It's about time. Yeah, it is about time. Hopefully it hangs around for a little while. And what a still what a funny old forecast we've had. It's been warm during the days. It's depending on where you are. It's rained in the afternoons and it's been quite muggy. So uh, fingers crossed we can just see off the last little bits of rain and we can head into summer nicely. I want to talk about the good and the bad. And the good was, as I was driving down the road the other day, my car dashboard said 31 degrees. I love it. I, I just actually thought it's been a long time since there's been a three in the temperature, and that's not 13 or 23. It was 31. How good was that? Uh, that was really good. But the bay. Now, I fished last Sunday, and it's going to be really uh, interesting to talk to Joe Farr, Steve Johnson, and Zach Cross this morning because um, I fished last Sunday, and I got down to the boat fairly early in the morning at Blair Gowrie, and anyway, I reckon in 20 minutes from 5.30 to 5.50, it was crystal clear air, two knots of northerlies, 20 minutes later, thick fog couldn't see 20 meters in front and i headed out through port phillip heads now driving i tell you from blair gary to portsea was a nightmare thick fog i was actually worried and had to go really really slow as soon as we got over to the or probably across near the shipping channel and i was really worried about the sereno ferry i can tell you it cleared up and it was beautiful but i hadn't seen the water condition we headed offshore it took seven kilometres offshore before we found blue water. It was like the Yarra River for seven kilometres out. It was unbelievable. Cut a long story short, we came in about lunchtime after not turning a reel, that's fishing, and the bay was green. I ended up fishing Portsea, Blair Gary and Rye. Didn't catch a fish apart from a couple of banjos. The water was green, Adam. It was like there was an algal bloom. And no wonder they're telling everyone don't go swimming and probably don't eat the fish. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think these are going to be conditions we're going to deal with on and off right throughout the season. It's not to say it'll stay like that consistently, but environmentally, a lot's happened, as we all know, over the last well, six months, really, 12 months. So yeah. it'll take a little while for everything to recover, but there'll be little pockets and patches. One day you'll be off Blair Gary, Dave, and the water will be crystal clear and you're like perfect visibility in 10 metres of water. And then unfortunately, as the tide changes, or we get a little sprinkling of rain overnight, it could green up again. So it's going to make us move around. It's going to, if anything, get us to learn and understand conditions on another level because it could be quite in- inconsistent for the season going forward. Well, I just put it down to a great socialising event with my mate when I went out fishing, and that was about it. Uh, and the other good thing was I didn't have to clean fish. So, uh, But, you know, I, I'm just going to predict that in the next 20 minutes, uh, Joe Farr is going to tell us that the fishing's on fire down on the peninsula and that, that everything's sweet. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't sweet last Sunday. But they're, they're the conditions that we're in. Um, massive amount of water heading down the Goulburn River from Eildon. I mean, Eildon is chock-a-block. Water's still going in. Water's still coming out at a rate of knots. And, you know, some of those river systems are absolutely going uh, full bore down downstream. We're going to try and talk to Terry Phillips. You know, we couldn't get him out of a bed out of bed last uh, weekend, but he's a, he's 
He's told me he'll be up this morning and he's going to talk to us about Blackwater and and some of the the stories. I mean, I've done a bit of a search and there's some terrible photos on social media about cod and yellow belly dying in Blackwater events around Victoria. Yeah, this is one of those things, unfortunately, goes hand in hand with the amount of water that we have had. Uh, I'm really interested to speak to Terry, Dave, because I, I must admit I don't know much about Blackwater and the last two weeks has been a big learning curve for me on trying to get up to speed with this, but it's not a great look. Some devastating photos around and it'll be great to get a first-hand account of that from Terry. Yeah, absolutely. So big show coming up this morning. Steve Johnson in Western Port is first. Joe Farr, we'll get to him as well. Terry Phillips up at Echuca. Brett Geddes as always. And I'll tell you what, Brett Geddes, Brett Geddes never has a bad report. Everyone listening through Gippsland Gold, 98.3 FM and 12.42 AM, your local lad, he's just, he's the most, he's like the energizer bunny. He's always got a positive story and he's full of beans. So Brett Geddes, that cross at uh, Queensland, of course, will finish off with Luca Neda at Corner Inlet, who had a catastrophic week the week before, has had a bumper this week in beautiful weather. So all that to come, coming out very shortly on Talking Fishing. Talking Fishing, Talking Fishing, nothing but fishing for Talking Fishing. Talking Fishing, Talking Fishing, nothing but fishing for Talking Fishing. We're Talking Fishing. Heavy rain and storms have made many waterways unsafe and many inland waterways are as full as anyone can remember. Just have a look at Bonnie Doon. There's a lot of water around. So before heading out, make sure you know the risks. All boaters should take care. Hazards that were once visible may now be underwater. Fast flying water will affect your top speed, make steering more difficult and paddling more tiring. Watch out for large debris that can damage or overturn your boat. Large logs, even a tree branch, is not a thing you want to run over in your tinny. Check the warnings on the Vic Emergency app or website. Stay safe on the water. A message from Safe Transport Victoria. Jarvis Walker's new Watersnake Geospot GPS bow mount electric motor turns Aussie trailer boats into fishing weapons. The 12-volt system with GPS lock, remote control and safe tracks function is second to none. Check them out at watersnake.com.au. Talking fishing, talking fishing, nothing but fishing but talking fishing. Welcome back to Talking Fishing, David Kramer and Adam Ring with you for the rest of the hour. I'm going to talk about Western Port now because I saw a special fish come out of Western Port. It's a very good morning to Steve Johnson from Ace Fishing Charters. And Steve, on Wednesday, we had a gentleman by the name of Ian Boswell walk into Tackle World in Mornington and said... Have you guys got scales? I'd like you to measure or weigh a whiting. Uh, it was 52 and a half centimetres and just topped the one kilo mark. And I, I Adam, you were at, at Tackle a lot longer than I was. Uh, have you ever had someone come in and ask, could you weigh a whiting? I have yeah. only once, only once. And that was in my time at Tackle World Cranbourne. But I must admit, I've still never, ever seen a one kilo whiting in the flesh. I saw the photo on social media, Dave, that you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, and for those that want to check it out, head over because that whiting is on the scales. You can see it clear as day. That is just over a kilo. Yeah. Magic fish. I've seen I've seen longer fish, but I haven't seen one crack a kilo. 
I reckon he'd be uh, saying, she how do I put this on ice till about February when the yeah. wedding challenge is on? Because <laughs> it's worth a bit of money, 1000 bucks cash, by the way. But, Steve, uh, good to see that class of whiting coming out of Westernport. Look, I was surprised uh, yesterday out in the deep. It's the first time I've actually fished the, or been confident enough to fish the deep in this, uh, this season. And I did it because the tides were good, the tides were right. And I could get down to the down to the bottom in sort of you know 45 foot of water, and there were some cracking fish, none as good as that. And for a 52, was it 52 centimetres the fish? I think. Yeah, 52 and a half. Yeah, so I mean it must have been in sensational condition because I've caught a couple of 52 centimetre whiting, but they haven't gone over the kilo. They've been around the 900 and 920 grams. So it must have been a really fat fish in in you know, top condition, which is great to see. It's got a bit of a stomach like I have after the spring carnival, and uh, that's right now, I can tell you. <laughs> I need to get into the gym, but anyway. But, Steve, uh, back on the snapper scene, there have been some good snapper coming as well. Silver leaves seems to be a bit of a hot spot. Yeah, look, it's, it's a hot spot for um, a couple of reasons. Number one, a lot of people fishing there, so obviously that brings out more people. The big fish uh, seem to be a little bit... A little bit fewer of more, sort of not so many around than there has been. But there's a good number of pinkies and middle-sized fish coming, you know, fish up to two and three kilos. Uh, and I think we've got to wait now. I think there's probably another, hopefully another lot of bigger fish coming in. But look, they're all over that area and you just don't have to be in one spot or the same spot every time you go there. They're fairly well spread out into the deep uh, and into the shallower areas. And, uh, and some also some good fish coming from corals, from the corals. So good fishing over there. But what's even better is Lysart's area, which has been spasmodic to say the least over the last uh, you know month or so when the season started, has produced some absolutely cracking fish in the last uh, in the last week or so. Certainly fish up around seven kilos, more than one of them, and in a few surprising places, not perhaps in the regular Lysart's spots where everybody fishes, but a little bit off-tide. I'm not going to say where, but a little bit off-tide. So put your thinking cap on and don't be sort of stuck in the model of going back to the same old place or back to the same sort of GPS mark that you used uh, last year, but sort of spread out a bit and have a look around. There are some cracking fish in the North Arm at the moment. Steve, we'll leave it there. If someone wants to jump on board and have a charter with you, whether it's snapper or whiting they're chasing, how do they get hold of you? Just give me a call, 0412-345-110. And uh, look, the secretary's off this week, but I will answer the phone. And uh, we'd be glad to get you out on the water. Steve Johnson, the captain of Ace Fishing Charters. Appreciate your time, Steve. Thanks, Dave. Uh, all right, let's now head to Port Phillip. Joe Farr is from Joe Farr Fishing Charters. I don't know how he gets that, but anyway, very good morning to you, Joe. Howdy. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, Joe, I tell you what, the peninsula's on fire, although I was just saying to Adam before, very dirty water I experienced last Sunday. Has that improved? Uh, the water is clear and the fishing's going crazy. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you yeah. caught it, mate. The uh, whiting fishing's the same, just steady, go get our 50 fish, move on, and then I'm on to the big calamaris. So we did a lot of uh, big squid harvesting this week, which has been pretty fun. The water's been a bit of a hot topic. Dave and I spoke about it at the top of the program, and, and Dave did mention he 
Uh, he encountered a bit of average water on the weekend. Is there a specific tide if you were planning a trip? Is it sort of more on the flood tide or the ebb tide you get those clearer waters? I don't know. I haven't had any dirty water problems. So I'd say, you know, I'd be banking on the flood tide, but I don't know how clean the ocean water is either. I think it's pretty green out there as well. Every river on the whole coast has been flooding, you know. But we're pretty good. It's not like crazy visibility. I'd say we're at pretty good in 5.9, six and a half meters. I'm looking at squid spawn on the bottom in those depths at Sorrento. So, you know. Yeah, that's it. that's know. interesting, Joe, because I, I was saying earlier on, I mean, we, we were seven kilometres offshore before we got out of the dirty brown water that looked like the Yarra River into some blue that's water. Terrible. That was on that was on Sunday. But you came back inside the bay and the water was green. It was like there was a little algal bloom. Uh, and, and you know, we, we were in our spot in Blair Gary and uh, visibility was okay in about 4.5 to 5 metres but it was very green. It was like a bit of cellophane on your glasses, you know, and, and everything was green. It was terrible. But if that's cleared up, yeah. that is fantastic. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of stuff on the surface. It's a little bit of murk on the surface mm. I've been noticing, but it's been good. I can stack those biting areas. I'm, I'm looking at the weed beds in seven metres, you know, not, not crystal clear, but I can see the bottom. I can't see the banjos down there, though. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <I'm a> banjo. <laughs> Joe, I'm really interested to talk to you about Snapper because I reckon you'd have to be one of the most real charter boats in the bay because you don't quite target Snapper just yet, do you? When's Snapper time for you? It is on the 20th of November. Oh, we didn't ask you to be that precise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> That's when it is, and then I, I'll, I'll continue to fish Snapper pretty much every single day from there until Easter at some point on the southern peninsula somewhere. And I never go on the mud. It's very rare that I go up onto the mud. I might go on the mud if I do like a snapper run at Rosebud and then I get some slack water high tide. Sometimes I'll go up off Mount Martha around the back of the hovel somewhere to some reefy spots and have a go for pinkies. But I do all my stuff in strong current and shallow water with the widening gear. And we do good, man. We catch them, but I'm not going for the big ones. I've... I've never targeted those, you know, three to sort of six kilo fish. I, I want the smaller 40 centimeter ones with the odd bigger one mixed in. And that's what sort of my snapper plan is for every year. But last year, we never had a season down south. So this year, I think it's going to be pretty good. Joe, everything's saying that it's going to be a good season. I mean, uh, you know, up, up into the bay proper, people are catching some decent fish. Western Port's pretty good. And we've actually got some ripper years ahead of us as well. I mean, uh, you know, the, the record spawning years are, are still to reach the fishery uh, in legal size. So we've got some great fishing ahead of us. Mate, it's always good to have a, a really good chat with you every Saturday morning. You're back. It's your second week and uh, really appreciate your time early on a Saturday morning. No problem. Have a good one and I'll talk to you next week. Joe Farr from Joe Farr Fishing Charters. Uh, Google him. If you want to get on a, a, a charter, I tell you what, there's nothing better on Port Phillip than Joe Farr fishing charters. All right, coming up shortly, Terry Phillips. He's up in Echuca. We're going to talk blackwater. Unfortunately, deaths of native fish. It's happening, and we're going to talk that next on Talking Fishing. We're talking fishing. Heavy rain and storms have made many waterways unsafe. So before heading out, make sure you know the risks. All boaters should take extra care. 
Hazards that were once visible may now be underwater. Fast-flowing water will affect your top speed, make steering more difficult and paddling more tiring. Watch out for large debris that can damage or overturn your boat. Check the warnings on the Vic Emergency app or website. Stay safe on the water. A message from Safe Transport Victoria. The Cepheid Clinch Flash Boost Rattle Squidging Series is highly effective for active squid in clear and even discoloured water, which I reckon we've got now. The unique Cepheid Rattle draws in nearby squid, while the revolutionary Flash Boost technology, engineered to constantly emit a fish-attracting flash, converts more bites. Adam, tell us more about these jigs. The combination of light flashing and the rattling sound makes the Cephia Clinch Flash Boost rattle highly effective in low light conditions and heavily pressured areas. The Cephia Clinch Flash Boost Rattle Series is available in 2.5 and 3.0 size with Chimera, UV and Glow patterns with two models now featuring Shimano's ultra-realistic scale boost holographic pattern technology. If it's quality gear you're after, ask for Shimano. All right, we're going to head up to Echuca now and uh, Terry Phillips. We haven't spoken to you, Terry, for uh, a little while because it's closed season for cod, but I tell you what, um, you've got enough water there to sink a ship. How are you going? Yeah, we're going all right. We're going all right. It's spot on with the amount of water, that's for sure. Terry, uh, we can only uh, imagine what's going on up there. I mean, we saw you know all the floods on the news, but... It's off the news now. There's a bit of other stuff going on down in Melbourne, and we, we, you know, we kind of go, oh well, everything's returned to normal. It's not back to normal, is it? Uh, definitely not, mate. Definitely not. I've only just gone back to work in the last two days. It's my first two days back in almost a month. Yeah. Wow. So tackle world at Chuka. Um, well, I, I guess no one fishing's not even on their mind. But uh, why, why haven't you been at work? Uh, just pretty much landlocked. Uh, yeah. just surrounded by water. Yeah, so uh, it's only been like the last week I've been able to get out of town, but that's to go east. I couldn't go west to get to Echuca, um to go to work. But, um, yeah, been able to the last couple of days, which is which is great. I'm not going sillier than what I already was. I can get out of the house. I said, Terry, one thing that has been flooding our social media news feeds over the last say probably week and a half is we're seeing a little bit of this black water start to turn up and some pretty distressing images of native fish stocks going belly up um how's that going and have we seen the worst of it yet i don't think we've seen the worst of it um there's there's a lot of water laying around and um with it getting warmer that's just going to get a lot make the make the make the problem a lot worse um look it's, it's strange. Living here in Barmer, um, this is where a lot of the black water comes from out of the forest here. Um, we're lucky here in Barmer because we got inflows from upstream, which sort of dilutes it here. But the problem is further downstream, I'm starting to see a lot of like dead fish around Swan Hill and what have you. Wow. To be honest, I've seen nothing in the Murray here in Barmer. I've heard and seen a lot of photos and what have you in Echuca and further downstream. Um, the only issue we've had here in this region is the Broken Creek, which runs from like Yamurka and tips into the Murray. That creek is an incredible um, breeding creek for our natives. And from what I've seen, oh, I don't think there's anything left alive. And that's not just cod, that's yellows, carp, shrimp, yabbies. 
Um, yeah, just wow. piled up everywhere. Yeah, sad. Very, very, very sad. That's that's not good news. And uh, you know, everyone listening through three uh, SH and Swanell, two QN in Daniliku and, and Achuka, Um It's not good news for the locals and. Oh, Terry. I mean, we you know we don't get that real in depth knowledge of that, so that's uh, it's, it's yeah pretty pretty hard to comment on that. Um, Blackwater for anyone listening, uh, you know, particularly from Melbourne that may not understand it, it's the leaves, the the debris that sits in the forest. When that runs into that warm water, it starts to decay, and the bacteria breaks it down and takes away all the oxygen. So it's like human beings. We need a certain level of oxygen for us to breathe. Fish need a certain level of oxygen in the water to breathe, and they're not getting it. And gee, Terry, I tell you what, um, what what does it mean? I mean, what you know, tell us what do you think it's going to be like? I mean, we've got twenty days left of the month, and then cod season opens. Yeah, it's, it's yep. not going to be good, is it? Uh, no, not for certain areas, unfortunately. But we're saying that to you. Being back at work the last two days, the other side of a chuka, some of the lakes like Cow Swamp. Uh, we haven't seen fishing like it. You know, I was was talking to guys coming into the shop today that, you know, they've been out there all day and they've caught 40 to 50 yellow belly and just the fishing is incredible. Blackwater hasn't hit there yet, but at the moment there's, there's a lot of good fishing um, in certain areas, but um, for the cod opening. Yeah. I I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. We just, I just hope that um, we don't see too many more deaths between now and then. So, Terry, is there an actual cure, so to speak, for this black water? Or is it just a natural event that you've got to let run its course? I mean, do we need it Do we need it to stop raining? I mean, I dare even think it, but do we need more rain? What What actually What actually helps disperse this black water and, and restore it to its natural state? I think, I think like, talking to you earlier on in the piece when I first started coming on the radio station, I think I was saying to you is, um, like a bush has been underwater for months and months and months, and that's where it sits and that's where it decays and, and turns black. Um, now, what's happened is, is with the flood water that pushes it into the into the river. Now, because we've got so much water, hopefully they don't, when they can, I, I hope they don't just drop the river and allow all this black water just to pour in and and take over the course of the river. They need to s- slowly bring it back in so it dilutes with the good water. I just hope they get that part right. Time will tell. Terry, uh, we're only weeks away from the Cod Classic, which is the biggest yep. fishing comp in, in your uh, your area, sort of, the, well, I guess the Murray. How's that yep. going to be affected? I mean, is Mulwala, you know, is is, is that escaped, this, this flooding event? From- Look, from what I understand and talking to guys, I, I know guys are catching great yellow belly out of Mawala today. Yeah. Um, they, they haven't seen any black water. It's it's fine. It's fine from Barma here all the way up to Mawala. Um, yeah. It's only when it hits the forest here and starts pushing all that flooded forest back into the into the river. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Where, it, that's where it sort of starts is here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say, there's there's still plenty of areas to go fishing. It's just um, look for most of the Murray you can't get to now anyway. The the Murray at one stage was nearly 14 kilometres wide here. That's actually hard to imagine. Oh, Terry, the other thing is we're we're about six or seven a week weeks away from the holiday season. Uh, yep. I know it's not fishing, but tourism, um, houseboats on the Murray. It's it's yeah. going to take a miracle for them to be fired up, isn't it? 
Look, at the moment, um, you're not allowed a boat from Yarrawonga Weir Wall, Mawala Wall, all the way through to Robin Vale because it's deemed a uh, an emergency area. Yep. Uh, there's no watercraft allowed on, on the river. Um, once they do drop that, they've got to go through when they can get to it. I mean, I imagine there's, there's you know, so much debris that's floated down the river. Yeah. They'll have to clean it up to make it safe before anyone can go water skiing or fishing and, and yeah. what have you on the river. Um, yeah. That's going to take a long, long, long time. You know, like driving over the old Achuka Moana Bridge, um, you look down at the caravan parks and all you can see is the rooftops sticking out of water. Oh, dear. So, you know, like you say, a month and a half from Christmas, holiday sort of period, you know, no one's going to be staying in them places, that's for sure. No, that's pretty devastating, Terry. Hey, Terry, we've got to leave it there. Um, really appreciate that update from you. And, uh, gee, uh, our thoughts are with you, mate. That's all I can say. Our thoughts are with you. Um, that's pretty devastating. No worries, guys. Thank you. Coming up shortly, we're going to head to Gippsland, Brett Geddes, and over to Queenscliff, Zach Cross. They're both next on Talking Fishing. Talking Fishing, Talking Fishing, nothing but fishing for Talking Fishing. Talking fishing, talking fishing, nothing but fishing, we're talking fishing. We're talking fishing. Jarvis Walker's new Water Snake GeoSpot GPS bow mount electric motor turns Aussie trailer boats into fishing weapons. The 12 volt system with GPS lock, remote control, and save tracks function is second to none. Check them out at watersnake.com.au. Welcome back to Talking Fishing. Uh, David Kramer and Adam Ring with you for the rest of the hour, but we're going to head to Gippsland now. Gippsland Gold Country and your local lad, Brett Geddes, has been good enough to join us this Saturday morning. Very good morning to you, Brett. Good morning, Adam and Dave. I love talking to you guys every Saturday morning. And did I hear that word gold? I love gold because I'm going to open a little suggestion here. Um, I've got so much to get through, so let me get right into it. Now, myself and Tony Petty last Sunday. Good weather. Been so good. So everyone's been fishing. So much to talk about. We released 43 beautiful fish. Uh, at a place called Diamond or near Diamond Creek, which is near um, where the Latrobe River comes out. Now it's flowing dirty. We fished really dirty water, but we got forty odd. We got forty three fish exactly. Big Bremen perch to forty four centimeters, and I said to Tony, "Keep an eye on those fish, mate." That's where I caught my two thousand dollar jobby. <laughs> the I pointed to the Latrobe or Fairway off it. But anyway, I said, keep an eye out for things there, but you never know. He said, Brett, is it time to maybe make noises about extending the Golden Tag program? Because maybe floods are worse, same, similar to bushfires slash COVID. Um, in that, a lot of anglers for the last, well, at least three months now, maybe four or more, have been unable to really to go fishing, particularly north. We're talking freshwater. We, we know up on the Murray and all that, but even down here on the coastal streams, they've been flying very dirty and, and there's been lots of floods. So I think I get onto the bat phone. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll get onto the uh, hot dial or I'll send uh, Travis Dowling another email and say, hey, bud, what do you reckon? Cross him up. Can we, can we extend this? What do you think, Adam, Dave? Am I a chance? Considering it's been extended half a dozen times already, <laughs> we keep rolling into one event to another. I can't see why you'd say no, Brett. I reckon you should go for it. All right. Well, it, it gives me a slim chance. I might have to get uh, my good buddy Dave Kramer on board with me here. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Brett, Brett, I'm a, I'm a bit rocked. I mean, we did we did speak to Terry Phillips just before in Echuca and, um, and and the floods, you know, can you imagine the Murray River 14 kilometres wide? It's very, very hard. And and oh, yeah, that was, I've got to say, I got a bit emotional during that um that that interview. But Brett, um, I, I reckon I know, I know this is easy for us Melbourneites to say. I'd, I'd rather a flood than a bushfire. I mean, a, a flood you can uh, you know rip up the carpets and dry things out and get going and get a bushfire. Yeah. Well, look at Malakuta, the township. You know, I'm sure there's still houses that haven't been rebuilt years on. So, um, correct. Yeah. Neither is good, but I, I think a vir- environmentally, uh, a flood can bring some good outcomes. By the way, yeah, I I really feel for uh, those people up there. It's uh, yeah, so challenging because there's no quick fix. It's a it's a long haul from here. So um, yes, uh, it's um, it's it's nice that you acknowledge that. That's very it's very sad. So anyway, let's quickly move on because I've got a lot to get through here and uh, not dismissing any of that grief going up north. Good luck to them. Lucas Smith and Stephen Pryde. Let me get those names out while I can. If I had my way, those would be household names, at least in the fishing world. Lucas tells me last summer he released with mates between 60 to 80 big bronzies, bronze whalers, that is, sharks, game fishing from the beach. Uh, That is legendary stuff. That's a lot of effort and time and you know, windy weather and getting wet and hot. So these guys, fairly, if you haven't heard of these guys, well, you have now, but, I mean, you will hear more about these fellas. As of just last weekend, I was meant to meet up with them on the Sunday, but I got waylaid getting those perch and brim with Tony. I was looking for a golden tag. But uh, the boys said, Brett, too late. We're three or four o'clock on Sunday. They said, can you believe we have released... Up to 30 school shark to four foot. They kept one each of school shark only. We got 12 gummies, all sizes, a lot to be released and some to keep. They got too many seven gill sharks to 40 kg, which would be around two and a half metres. Also, skates and rays. And they didn't get any bronzies last weekend, which is neither here nor there, but they caught all their fish on fresh eels um, and they only kept the one school shark each. Legends. Lucas Smith, Steve Brock. I had a great chat to both fellas while they were driving home. And before I leave you, I know I'm on a time limit here. Uh, my good buddy, Reese Smith, tells me his daughter, Cass, has outfished him once again. Dave, I sent you some photos of those beautiful rock flats, I call them, the rocky flathead. And she and Reese, they brought home about uh, what I can only describe as nine. Ripper Rockies and 18 of the best fillets our seas can provide. So, Cass, you are another fishing legend. Great photos of the fish, great photos of the fillets. I want to see a follow up with either breadcrumbs or uh, or a bit yeah. of beer batter. I tell you what, uh, magnificent. Okay. Those, 
Those fillets, I mean, they look so good. Hey, Brett, you know you're out of time. Uh, appreciate <laughs> you every Saturday morning, and uh, we'll chat to you again next week. No worries. Good morning. Brett Geddes down at Gippsland. Zach Cross over in Queenscliff. Very good morning to you, Zach. Good morning, lads. How are you going? We're going well. Now, uh, I was telling Adam earlier on the show, I headed offshore on Sunday, and I, I text you to see if you're out there because I wanted some tips, and you gave me nothing. Uh, I, I had to go seven. Oh, come I, I didn't catch a fish. <laughs> well, well, I joined your club. Uh, Zach, I had to head seven Good. kilometers offshore, seven kilometers before the brown water stopped. It was like yeah. the Yarra River. Yeah, I know. It is just incredible. On Saturday, we were the same. We went out and it was, um, yeah, it's just incredible. You just, you can't bring yourself to fish and that dirty, dang me wrong. Throughout the week, um, with this warm weather, um, the, the snapper have fired up and started to play offshore. But we we marked, I think, six snapper on Saturday, I reckon. And um, we should mark 600. And it was just after that swell, it just completely shut it down. But, yeah, you obviously went out Sunday and, and, and had the same. And, yeah, throughout the week with that warm weather, it's, it's definitely started to turn the tables. There's been some some good captures of snapper offshore and, and marking a lot more fish. So um, very exciting. I reckon that that should continue unless we get another five, six metre sets of swells come through. But um, it's, yeah, it's definitely definitely on the up finally. The swell was starting to abate a little bit, i got to say, but I came out of the fog near Point Lonsdale and out of the corner of my eye, I could say, I reckon they were four metre waves of brown water. <laughs> it was actually quite inque- incredible. On that Lonsdale Reef, the waves, because of the swell, I mean, it was actually quite calm, but uh, that swell was just breaking on that reef in brown water. It was incredible. You got about five kilometres out, and there was this big line of foam, and I don't know whether you came across that. Birds were going nuts. There was a seal working it. There was obviously activity around it. Well, I put the tuna lures out, and I couldn't catch a thing. <laughs> no, there has there has been a, a tuna caught as well. Um yeah. a tuna around the traps in some of this calm weather. It's it's one of them things there's there's obviously not a lot out there, but they, they are still there. Like there's probably still one or two a week getting caught. But then yeah, I had some some good mates of mine um went out for a run in my boat, give it a run throughout the week. Um and yeah, they they done a lot of Ks. They seen a little bit of action, but the day before there was a fish caught. Yeah, and just them conditions that we had throughout the week. If we can see a little bit more of that, if someone can tap into Jane Bunn and, and let her know that we yeah we we want a few more weeks of that, that'd be quite nice. Or a few <laughs> months would be even better. Zach, uh, we spoke to Joe Farr at the top of the program and he mentioned some big schools of salmon getting around Blair Gary. Is that something else that's starting to school up in the heads there? Yeah, 100%. We'll start to see a lot more of that, which which is always usually a, a bit of a lifesaver, especially if we've got to come in come in offshore um, a little bit before the charter, to say, to beat the um, to beat the heads there to make it safe. It's always a, a fantastic option just to cruise around on the inside of the bay there and, um, and everyone can usually have some fun, pull the light gear out and, and catch a heap of salmon. So, no, that'll... Um, yeah, hopefully they hang around. They just love that that rough tidal water and they're just on the inside. Obviously, you've got to be careful, but, um, yeah, that's definitely always a, um, a card up your sleeve uh, for them trips. 
Zach, uh, I tell you what, the I mean, you've got some good weather this weekend, and you've probably got double charters. I think every day uh, today and tomorrow. What do you do? Go out to your GPS mask, go out to your roofs, have a sound around. I mean, I saw nothing on the sounder last Sunday. Do you just go from reef to reef until you find the fish? Pretty well. Um, well, I tried on a Saturday, I reckon I tried probably about 20 different spots. Yeah. Um, and as I said, only one spot I marked a school of fish and I could not find it again. Um, we ended up, well, I think we might have got six or eight fish, but I think we've done 50 nautical miles to, to catch them. And usually yeah, we'll go out and do one drift this time of year and, and that's that one drift will catch our, all our fish we need and then we're heading back off to chase something else. So, um, But from reports later, um, later in this week, yeah, there was, there was a lot more snapper sand. They still might be a little bit finicky around the tides, um, so they like a bit of that running water. So usually on the slack, you, you mightn't, um, they, they mightn't chew as much, um, so therefore we always mix it up. We might, um, while, while the tide's there, we'll make sure we do put in plenty of different drifts, try and find a hungry uh, patch of fish, and then on the top of that tide we might just put sort of bigger baits. Depending on the drift, we might put bigger baits and, and try and get a gummy or um, or something like that as a bit of a bycatch. So, um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely that the bay's been going really, which you would have got some some great reports. Um, of the bay, there's definitely some fish sort of starting to turn up in really good numbers and some good quality fish. And yeah, offshore's probably been a, a little bit slow. And with that water, I think that's definitely had a bit of an impact. But once them fish move in, I don't think they'll care what what colour that water is. Um, I think they'll um, they'll definitely fire. How's things looking inside the bay? Zach, the whiting and calamari still poking around a little bit, uh, keeping anglers happy in there. Yeah, definitely the the um, the squid. Yeah, people that are that are putting in the time and trying new grounds, they're, they're doing really well. Um, on our side, there's some yeah, some really good captures of, of squid and the whiting. Yeah, some of the whiting have been fantastic. Zach, uh, we'll leave it there. Um, always good to chat to you on a Saturday morning and good luck with the charters this weekend. It's been great weather. I think hopefully, uh, you know, we're, we're, we've broken the spell and hopefully Nani is uh, on its way out and we get some good weather and, you know, it won't be long, be December. I reckon the Kings might be on early this year. Who knows? Bit of food around, so should be good. You're not allowed to mention Lenina, right? You might have jinxed us now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zach, have, fantastic. have a good weekend, mate. No worries. Thanks, boys. Good on you. Zach Cross, he's the captain of cross-country fishing charters. You want to go offshore? I know we plug every charter boat on this uh on this on this uh this show, but I tell you what, he's the best if you want to go offshore. Get under Zach Cross. All right, coming up, Luke Anetta. He's down at Corner Inlet. He's had a great week as well. He's going to tell us all about it next on Talking Fishing. Talking Fishing, Talking Fishing. Nothing but fishing, we're Talking Fishing. Talking Fishing, Talking Fishing. Nothing but fishing, we're Talking Fishing. We're Talking Fishing. Heavy rain and storms have made many waterways unsafe. So before heading out, make sure you know the risks. All boaters should take extra care. Hazards that were once visible may now be underwater. Fast flowing water will affect your top speed, make steering more difficult and paddling more tiring. Watch out for large debris that can damage or overturn your boat. Check the warnings on the Vic Emergency app or website. Stay safe on the water. 
A message from Safe Transport Victoria. Spotter sunglasses are designed and developed in Australia to protect us from some of the harshest UV exposure in the world. You'll never see me out on the water without my spotters. They're as essential as bait, and we all know what it's like when you forget the bait. All spotters lenses are polarised and offer 100% UVA, UVB and UVC protection. Spotters use chemically hardened crown glass and have a hydrophobic coating to repel water, which makes them perfect for fishing. Prescriptions are available and spotter sunglasses come with a two-year warranty. So grab yourself a pair of spotter sunglasses for the ultimate fishing experience. Check out the new crypto range, which was voted the 2022 best fishing sunglasses by members of the Australian Fishing Trade Association. Spotter sunglasses, they're Australian family owned for Australian conditions and Port Phillip and Westernburg conditions because the sun's starting to hot up. Available at all good independent fishing and sunglass retailers. As always, this time of the morning, we head down a corner inlet just next door to Wilson's Promontory, a beautiful part of the world. And there's a bloke who works down there. He's a commercial fisher. Luke and Netta, a very good morning to you. Good morning, guys. It has been uh, really beautiful down here this week, so I'm pretty happy with it. Luke, uh, we heard from Joe Farr again down at uh, Blair Gary saying that they have an influx down there of garfish. You, you, I mean, I find that unusual because uh, an, an old salty from Port Phillip Bay said to me, the garfish go in August. How's the gars in your neck of the woods? Yes, so we're still getting the odd gar. There's, um, you know, there's definitely still a few around. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite good. I think on uh, on the Tuesday I had 70 kilos of gars on a, garfish on a shot there. So there's still some nice big ones in amongst it. So the, the garfish are still down here. And we we often get a uh, sort of a spring run of gars coming into into summer anyway down here. So, um, you know, it's it's nice to see that there's still a few around. And it's good to hear that there's plenty of them in other bays and inlets. Brett Geddes was even telling us that some of the wreckfish is getting stuck into the rock flathead. As well, mate, they're firing hard for you now into the swing of the season. Yeah, we're we're well into the rock flooded season now, and um, yeah, there's plenty around. I had a, a, a recreational bloke at the ramp there the other day, caught one, and uh, he actually asked me what sort of flooded this, and I said that's that's one of these rock flooded that are famous for you know around this area. So yeah, only the best uh, flooded species ever. <laughs> I, I would describe it as a delicious one. <laughs> <laughs> So no, there's there's definitely a few being caught down here. Um, in, in fact, this week there's been quite a lot of fish turn up. This week, um, silver trevally, you know, mullet, the snapper turned up. You know, you, you name it. It's all it's all starting this week, and it's to do with this beautiful weather that we've had. And we've been lucky enough down here that we didn't get uh, the big showers, so we haven't had much rain this week. So it's been pretty good. Oh, it's been patchy here too. I mean, uh, I think on about Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, I think it was Tuesday, flash flooding uh, in parts of Melbourne. Other parts didn't get any. So it's really, really patchy. But, you know, it's not good when you hear showers. You just, everyone's sort of squirms because of the floods that we've had. Um, what about the King George Whiting, uh, Luke? Have they been good? Yeah, they have been good this week. They've, um, once again, it's, uh, you know, they've, they've turned up with the sunlight as well. So, um, there was a few of them being caught. There's still some thump and big ones in amongst them and um, and a few few that are just sort of 28, 29 centimetres that have, that have sort of turned up as well. So there's there's a good range of size, but the big ones are, are, are really big. 
Luke, is there anything specific the restaurants are asking for? Are they happy to just go with the flow and, and know that there's Rockies coming in and a few King George Whiting? Or is there anything specific there trying to hunt down at this stage of the season? So uh, Rock, Rock Flathead's a big one for this time of year. Uh, a lot of a lot of restaurants really like to get stuck into the Rock Flathead. Um, the, you know, I'm pretty lucky really with the restaurants that I deal with. A lot of them just take, you know, what, what we're catching during the week. So... Um, the Silver Trevally, we had some really nice size Silver Trevally and, and they're, they're becoming a really popular fish with restaurants. So I think there was about seven or eight restaurants that took Silver Trevally, um, you know, rock, rock flooded flounder or another one that, um, quite a few restaurants like to use. So it, it, it does mix it up a little bit, but, um, you know, certainly the rock flat at this time of year. It's a favourite for most of them. One last question before we let you go, and uh, it's a question without notice, Luke, although we never give you any notice anyway. Uh, King George Whiting, we saw a 52.5 centimetre cord in Western Port this week that weighed 1.03 kilograms. What's your biggest whiting you've caught in Corner Inlet? And then I know you've fished uh, Flinders Island. What's your biggest one there? Well, the ones in Flinders Island... Uh... Uh, are monsters uh, they're um you know they're, they're 60 centimeters plus um wow. corner inlet not probably not so not as big as you know definitely not as big as that uh you know they get into the 40s but very i don't know whether i've ever seen one over 50 in corner inlet to be honest um yeah. no doubt that there would have been some caught but uh yeah in between the 40 and 50 centimeter marks are no, as you know, it's a pretty big whiting as it is there. But um, yeah, certainly, certainly Flinders Island over there and uh, and Tassie, you know, we can't compete with them monsters over there. Nah, it's good fishing over there. Hey, Luke, we'll leave it there. Really appreciate you every Saturday morning. You give us an update, and I tell you what, the people at home love it. We love it. Thank you, thank you very much. Nah, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me, and enjoy the weekend. That's the program. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. If you missed anything, this program will shortly be available on podcast on your station's website. Just scroll down to the latest podcasts. Hey, and feel free to drop us a line. Talking fishing at aceradio.com.au. Love to hear your feedback. Until we speak to you again next Saturday morning, please stay safe on the water and enjoy your fishing. We're talking fishing.